we started this, uh, today is the first Sunday we've opened. Every year we, um, as a community, you know, we've been talking about, uh, well, we'll get into it in a little bit, but being devoted uh, to each other and, and how, um, how important it is, a community is important, and, and how God calls us to, to, he's very serious about us being devoted to his people, not just the people, but you're within our own church family. And one of the ways that we do that is we, we want to make sure that everybody in, in our church family um, has what they need to have, have have a great Christmas. And so um, one of the things we do is, is for, for any families that are in our, our church community that, that may be, uh, and especially I expect this year, um, there's probably more than normal given the, the last couple of years of ridiculousness and the, the, the fact that a can of corn's like $17 right now. Um, and so we want, we, want to, we want to be a blessing. We want to support each other. Uh, so we've, we've started, a, a, normally we do the cards on the tree. We'll, we'll have that up soon if you want to take the card and, um, you know, you get the, the Walmart gift card so that we can help families um, with, with dinner and, and make sure that, that, that they, have, uh, they have gifts that they can, they can give their, their kids and, and, and have a, just celebrate Christmas as, as we should. It's a, it's a celebration a holiday. We, we, and we want everybody to be able to participate. So um, the cards will be up soon. We're also just uh, trying to make it simple. And now that, now that everybody is give, giving online because of COVID, uh, it's a beautiful thing. We've just added a fund. So if you go to all our regular, um, however you give, if you give online, uh, there, there should be a secondary fund that says, I think it's a Christmas family fund. You can just donate directly to that and we'll go grab the cards uh, so you don't have to necessarily go to the Walmart or wherever and get those gift cards if that's easier for you. So, so that's, that's up now. Um, and then uh, Christmas celebrations, just so we're all on the same page and uh, you can be making plans. Uh, we are, again this year, we're going to be doing the Christmas Eve Eve service. We started that last year and got a, got a lot of response, uh, positive response. So we're doing that again this year. That way um, we all can enjoy our families on Christmas Eve, but still... Um, take time to celebrate uh, Jesus coming to earth together. So that'll be uh, obviously Christmas Eve Eve. Um, so uh, make plans for that. It's a seven o'clock. Uh, it's a family service and, and communion. And then we are, if you, in case you were wondering, we are having service on Christmas, even though that's on Sunday. Um, Christmas is on Sunday this year, if you didn't, didn't know that yet. Uh, but, but we are having service. It just felt wrong to cancel church because of Christmas. I'm not, not criticizing anybody else for their decisions, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. We're, we're going to be here on Christmas. I hope you join us. <laughs> and and that'll, be, that'll be a service we, uh, that'll it'll be a little more um, pared down. Some rela- it'll be real uh, family time, um, and, and we promise we won't keep you too long. Um, but it'll just be a great time to, to let's celebrate Jesus before uh, uh, we just tear, let our kids tear loose with all of the chaos that will ensue once we get home. All right, so that's the announcements. Let's move on to the more important stuff. 
Uh, we're finishing up a series today um, we've been in called Devoted uh, out in the lobby. We have a, a prayer that is kind of our, our prayer for our community that, that we've, as part of the renovation, we've kind of posted. And we've been, we've been looking at that and, and walking through kind of the heart behind it and, and the, the, the scripture and the, um, it, it's not, a rein, it's not a, a new kind of concept. It's just a way that we can organize uh, what God has called us to do and, and, and invited us to be. Um, and so the first week we talked about uh, being uh, devoted to his presence and uh, what that looks like and, and how we pursue that. And the second week and the second part of the prayer, we talked about being devoted to his people and how important it is that, that as the body of Christ that we, we make that a, a, a point of devotion. That it, it's not just a, a thing we do out of convenience or out of benefit, but that it is in fact a central part of the way that we um, know Jesus, that we, we express his love, and that we, we know each other. Um, and then this week we're going to be looking at the third uh, stanza of that prayer, if you will. Um, and, and this you, you'll see it talks about being uh, devoted to his purpose. Um, we passed out the full prayer last, last week. If you didn't get that, I think we have some more copies if you want one on the way out. You're, you're welcome to, to, to grab one. Um, but I'll throw it up here. We're just going to read the last stanza instead of rereading the whole, the whole thing. But, but it, it says this, says, Jesus, may, may we be devoted to your purpose. Help us to share your good news so that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Thank you for allowing us the honor of partnering with you in this amazing mission. Lead us and we will follow. Ignite our hearts so that we might burn for you. Here we are. Send us. And that, that, that's just a small encapsulation of of. of being devoted to his purpose. And it's important that we understand that we are to be devoted to his purpose, not our purpose, right? There, there, is, there is a difference as when we, when we give our lives to Jesus, when we, we enter from darkness to light, when we join his kingdom, it's his kingdom. And he sets the agenda and he sets now a new purpose for that kingdom and for our lives, and so we're going to look at that a little bit today and, and kind of look at it on two levels. And the first one is this, that God has a purpose for all of us. All right. God has a purpose for all of us together. Humanity. What is that purpose? There's, we're going to be looking at a good number of scriptures today. And there's, there's three purposes I want to pull out of the Old Testament specifically that we, that we see. And then we're going to see that those continue on till today. Um, so th these purposes are, are, are big, but they're all good. They're all things that you'll, you'll see as we read them. They're, they're things we, we would want to agree with. We want these purposes to happen. Um, Ecclesiastes 3.14 says, and I know that whatever God does is final. Nothing can be added or taken from it. And here's the purpose. God's purpose is that people should fear him. So here we see the first kind of global purpose that God is calling us to be de devoted to, and that is that people fear him. And when we talk about, uh, especially in the Old Testament, this concept of fear, um, it's, it, it's, 
it's not one of, of fearing like you fear um, an enemy, you know, or, or, or the boogeyman or, or something like this. It's, it's, the best way I know how to describe it is it's that, it, it's that feeling you get when you are close to something that is so much larger, so much more immense to you than you that although you know it's, it, it, it's beautiful, you appreciate it, you understand how, how great it is, you know that, 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 that you are on one hand safe, it still overwhelms you when you're close to it. Has anybody ever been to, to I've not been there, but the Grand Canyon or maybe been out in the, the, been out in the ocean and, and you see these, uh, we got to take a cruise a number of, of years ago, and I was mesmerized that time that even on this giant ship, sometimes if you're on like the lower, the, some of the lower decks, you could see, the, you were out, out in the ocean, you could see these waves and these just, you know, and it's not even, wasn't even choppy waters, but these giant swells. And, and I knew I was, you know, I'm on this big giant boat. I knew I was safe, but there's something just in that moment that makes your gut, ugh, right? Or ever been on a edge of a cliff and you're looking out and you just, you know, you're, you know, the cliff's not going to fall and you know, you're not going to jump, but there's still that moment of Fear almost that that comes. That's that's to me the best way I can describe what, what what this is talking about. That that God's purpose is that we should all be able to to see and have a revelation of how big God is to the point that it, it moves us to an appropriate response, which is one of of an emotional response of realizing how insignificant and how powerless we are in in the face of Him. Does that make sense? That's a first purpose, that we would fear him. And then if we jump over to uh, the book of Jeremiah, we see the second purpose that God has for all of us. In 30, chapter 32, verse 39, he says, And I will give them one heart and one purpose, and that is to worship me forever, for their own good and for the good of all their descendants. So here's our second purpose. It just spells it out for us. I love it when the Bible does that. I don't need any, any big books or Greek or nothing. It just says, I will give them one purpose, to, to worship me forever. We were created to worship the creator. And in it, it is good. It is for our own good. God is, you know, we, we, we talk about worshiping God and, and um there can be a, a perspective that some people have where they, it, it's almost like when you don't understand it, it's, it's like God is this um, narcissist almost, that he just wants all this attention for himself and, and he wants us to, to, to just worship him. And um, he does, clearly, he says it, but the difference is um, from every other person that seeks to, to gather worship unto themselves or to gather glory or attention or the, the respect or the, the, the admiration of other people and God, there's one difference between those two. Nobody else is God, right? <laughs> God deserves all that stuff and only in the context of worshiping God does it actually work out for the worshiper because it's the system by which he created. 
He created us to worship him. And so when we, when we participate in that system, he gets what, what he created us for, but we in turn um, are able to function. We were designed to function to worship him. And so when we, when we worship him, it works out to our own good. That only happens when we worship God. That doesn't happen, um, newsflash, that doesn't happen when you worship anything else. Right? When we, if anything else that we elevate to that level of worship, it is going to be the opposite. It'll be to your bad. <laughs> because it's outside of the design that God created for our lives and for, for our, our collective community. We were designed to, to worship him. And the, the third purpose that he has for, for us, us being humanity, we find in, in Malachi, last book of the Bible, um, 2.5 says, The purpose of my covenant with the Levites was to bring life and peace, and that is what I have given them. The purpose of my covenant with the Levites was to bring life and peace. So what is this? The, the, so the third purpose we see here is the purpose is to bring life and peace. How does he bring it? He brings it, well, in the Old Testament, through his covenant. We've talked about that a lot around here. The, the agreement that, that God makes with Israel and, and Moses and Abraham. It talks about his covenant. It's this relationship that he enters in with them. And the purpose of it is to bring life and peace. How many people, that sounds good. I would like life and peace in my life. Amen. These are good things. God has, God's purposes are good for us. They are worth pursuing. And in the Old Testament, it came through the covenant. And you may say, well, okay, well, that, that, that's cool. That's, but that's the Old Testament, right? And then Jesus came. How does it change? Well, uh, I'm glad you asked. Uh, it, it didn't. It didn't. As we move into the New Testament, we see that God's purpose at the beginning is still his purpose. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His agenda has not changed. His purpose for us is the same. His purpose is that we fear him. His purpose is that we worship him. His purpose is that he bring us life and peace. Matthew 5, 17, Jesus spells it out. He says, don't misunderstand why I've come. I didn't come to abolish the law of Moses or the writing of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. This was Jesus' mission. The reason he came, he was born, he lived, he died, he rose again, he paid for our sins. All of that was for the purpose of accomplishing these purposes. And so we continue as a, as a humanity, as a group of people, that continues to be our purpose. Is, and we are called to devote ourselves to these purposes. And as we do, we fear him, we worship him, as we, uh, he brings us life and peace. That is a global kind of big picture of what, what God's purposes are for us. Sometimes, um, sometimes we can get, it, it's easy to get uh, kind of lost in the weeds or lost in the details of, of just the, the immensity of, of, of doctrine and of, of, of all the, 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 the nuance of, of scripture. Um, 
And sometimes it's good to take a step back and just just remember the foundational truths of of our relationship with God. And, and, And here it's spelled out that God has a purpose for us as humanity and it's a good purpose. Now, that's the that's God's purpose for all of us. But outside of of a collective purpose, um, God also has a purpose for each of us. Right. And there's a difference between all of us and each of us. All of us is the, the group. Each of us is each of us individually as a person. There is a purpose that God has for you. In, in your life. Um, one of my favorite passages in all scripture, Psalms 39, uh, 139, I should say, starting verse 13, uh, the writer says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How we know it, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion As I was woven together in the dark womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book, and every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand, and when I wake up, you are still with me. God is passionate and has a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us. And being devoted to his purpose requires us to embrace this point of view. That it is not just this global, giant, hodgepodge thing, but that God has a personal relationship and a personal purpose for your life. And if we don't... if this is a, such a foundational reality. If this verse doesn't ring true in our hearts and our souls, we are always going to struggle to pursue his purposes for us because it requires us to understand that how much God values us. Otherwise, when God shows you the purposes for your life, you're going to look at it and go, I can't do that. Who am I? I'm too insignificant. I'm too this. I'm too that. I'm too. Because he has great purposes for you. But we won't pursue a purpose beyond what we think we're, we're worthy of. We have to embrace how much God values you. I said, first for ourselves, we'll, we'll never, we'll never pro- fulfill a purpose that, that we don't believe that we have. And second, that this applies not just to you. Some of us struggle with applying this to ourselves. We look at ourselves and, and we, we don't see this much. We, we struggle with believing that, that God, you know, does God, God, do you really love me? God, do you really care about me? God, uh, am I really worthy of anything? Some of us struggle that side. Some of us, and some of us struggle with both, probably most of us in some way or another. But there's another application or reality to to this passage that we have to embrace. And that is that this is true for you, but it's also true for everybody else. That every person conceived, God wrote this about. 
Every person. And if we don't, anybody that this doesn't, you don't in your heart and in your mind, you don't apply this to, is probably someone that, that you're, you are going to struggle to if, if give any effort toward pursuing or being open to God uh, revealing or accomplishing his purposes in their life. It'll affect who we might reach out to. It'll affect uh, those we, we uh, it'll affect who we think less of, right? This applies to every person. And the writer is pretty clear. This starts in the womb. There's a value from from the moment someone is conceived to the moment that they take their last breath. There is, there is an inherent, passionate God, or a God that is inherently looking after and passionate about that life. And we need to embrace that for everybody. The unborn, the homeless guy on the corner that you see, your sister that you think just won't get their act together and it's messing up your life. Your cousin that everybody in the family just thinks is so perfect and you can't quite live up to. That politician that's just ruining this country. Every one of them was designed by God. Every one of them, God has instilled in them amazing purposes. And we are called to partner with God in, in pulling those purposes out of each other. In showing everyone that we would have contact with, that we would have opportunity, that there is a purpose for their life, that there is a God who, who is that passionate about them, that does love them, that does have purposes for them, that they can, they can fear God and that it's good to fear God, that they should worship God and that it brings life and peace. This is what it's about when we're talking about being devoted to his, his purposes. We are called to this purpose, but that's just the beginning. Um, you can be called to something and not be participating in it. And we see that, we see an example of this in, in um, Paul's letter to the church in, in Corinth. This is a longer passage, um, but I, I just want to read it and then. Then I'll, I'll explain why we had to read the whole thing. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, uh, starting verse 11, because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope that you know this too. Now you can see in this first verse, I said I was not going to stop, but I can't help myself. Um, it, might, <laughs> it just might help understand the rest of the reading. Paul here is making a delineation, right? He's writing to the church. He's writing to, to, to a group of Christians. And he's writing uh, 
he's using we. He's talking about somebody other than just that church, right? So he, who's he talking? He's talking about his ministry team. So Paul, when he traveled, he didn't travel alone, right? And he had a group that was always, it changed of who it was, but he always had a team that, that, that was with him. And so he, he's writing on behalf of their team to the church in Corinth. And so he, he says, you see in this first verse, he's making uh, a delineation. He's saying, we understand this, and we're hoping that you, the church, um, know this. Okay, so that's going to be important to understand that language as we read the rest of it. That the we in this is Paul and his group of ministers, and the you in this is not the world, it's the church. Okay? All right. Verse 12. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we are giving you a reason to be proud of us so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy... It is to bring glory to God. I let it that be said of me, <laughs> right? I'm sure that's you as well. That's that. I love that line. Like people think I'm crazy. That's cool. As long as they think I'm doing it for God, we're good. Um, and, and if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for, every, for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we stopped evaluating others from a human point of view at one time. We thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new one has begun. And this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ, and God has given us the task of reconciling, reconciling people to him. Remember, he's, the us in this isn't the church, right? We're talking us is Paul and his ministry team. For, it was, for God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. He gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. So we are Christ's ambassadors, his, him and his team. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Who is that message to? Who? The church. This was not something he posted out in the square in the city of Corinth. He was writing this to the church. Why? Well, we don't have time to go into the whole book of Corinth and all the cultural context. But basically, the purpose of this passage, the purpose of a major purpose of the letter that he wrote was exactly this. That he had, there was a church that was, it was the church. They were people that, that, that had accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but they, they were not devoting themselves to his purpose. There's a difference. And Paul is, here is writing to invite the church to join him and his team in being Christ's ambassadors. He makes a delineation because at that time they weren't, they weren't participating. He was caught. He was the, a big part of the letter was he was writing to encourage them to join 
his ministry team. And that sounds weird. Well, it's the church. So how could you not be, you know, how could they not be a part of, of ministry if they were a church? Um, Listen, they were meeting and they were worshiping, but they were living lives that were trying to, how do you, what's the technically right way to say it? Trying to eat their cake and have it too, right? When Paul says we are Christ's ambassadors, he's talking about him and his ministry team and he's appealing to the church to come back to God, to, to refocus on, on being devoted to the purposes for which God sent them. You remember the Great Commission? Go and make disciples. They, the, the church here had lost that, lost that focus a bit. They were, they were so focused on their own, their own lives, their own spirituality, their own uh, internal spiritual and physical well-being that they had, they had stopped they had stopped reaching out. They had stopped focusing on, on being devoted to God's purpose, which was bringing more people into this kingdom that he was creating. To answer their, their call into God's purposes. Because they were called, but they weren't living lives in which they were allowing God to choose them. And there's a difference. There's a difference. Um, in Matthew 22, there's a, Jesus tells a story. And typically when we hear this story, we, talk, we, we read it and, and kind of interpret it in the lens, within the lens of, of entering the kingdom, of becoming, uh, getting saved or, or coming to know Jesus. And, it's, and that's, a, that's an apt application of it, but I don't think that it's the only application of that story. I think it's, it's a, a great example of, of how God deals with us on many levels. And um, you might be familiar, it's a story uh, uh, about a, um, there's, there, there's a, a wedding that's happening and the, the, the wedding party sends out, <coughs> sends out invitations to all their friends and all their friends reply and say they're, they're too busy. Um, and so, so the, the, and which in that culture would have been a, a big offense. Like you didn't say no to a wedding invitation from a friend. You just, you didn't. You just went. Um, so, so what does the, 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 the bridegroom do? He, he, sends out, uh, he sends out another set of invitations, sends the servants back out and says, fine, go find, go find anyone that'll come. And they come in and... Um, and they, they enjoy the wedding and, and the other people are left out and don't, don't ever make it to the wedding. And Jesus' point of the, the parable, he says this. He says, many are called, but few are chosen. See, the difference between someone who's called and someone who's chosen is whether they respond to the invitation. Once we, when we enter the kingdom of God... We are called to be devoted to his purposes. But just because we're in the kingdom of God doesn't mean that we've accepted the invitation and are being devoted to his purposes. And, uh, <laughs> no, such a fun fun message today. Um, and so the, the question today is for all of us is where are you? 
have, are, are, when you look at, at your life, and this is something, I'm not going to ask for you raise your hand, <laughs> um, but I, I want us each to be able to answer in our own, in our own heart, and our own mind this morning. I want to give you the opportunity to take an evaluation, look at your life, and say, is my life devoted to his purposes? Not just, not just his presence, not, not just his people, but is my life devoted to his purposes? How do we pursue devoting ourselves to his purpose? Um, a big part of it's a heart posture. Um, an intentionality of, of, of understanding and having, asking God to open our eyes to the difference between being devoted to, to, to just his presence and his people and being devoted to his, his purpose. And I don't have a, a magic, you know, hey, here's a six-week course. Let's all take this and we'll be you know, <laughs> master ministers, we're ready to go. It doesn't work like that. Um, but as I was praying, I had three thoughts that, 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 um, that I felt like I was supposed to share this morning as far as taking that next step, pursuing this devotion to his purpose. And the first one, um, the first one is that those other two things are the first step. <laughs> that if we're going to be devoted to his purpose, we first have to be devoted to his presence and we have to be devoted to his people. That's the first step. But it's, it's pursuing those steps, but not just with our own internal um, agenda items. It's, it's, it's spending time and being devoted to his presence with an eye towards his purpose. Does that make sense? It's not just having a great quiet time every week. It's having a part of that on your agenda, in your attention. That quiet time is for the sake of somebody that you know is struggling. It's spending time in worship. And, and we did a little bit this morning. Intercession, right? Where we are, we are worshiping and we are praying and we are, we are coming into God's presence. But we're not just coming in to, to meet our needs. We're coming in it to ask the Lord to meet somebody else's needs. That's a, a first step. We, anything before we do it in the physical, it's got to it's gotta happen in our hearts and in the spiritual. And, and what we see in the physical is, 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 a, is a fruit, is an output of it. In the kingdom of God, that's the way it works. It always starts, it always starts in the heart and it starts in, in, in the spiritual realm before we see a physical manifestation of it. So if we're going to devote ourselves to his purpose in our, in our, in our lives, um, in how we act and, and in our interactions, it starts in our, in our times of being devoted to his presence and amongst his people. So that's the, the first thing we be, we be um, devoted to his, his presence with that, that perspective change that I'm, I'm going to be here and God, um, you know, in, in that context of while we're amongst his people and while we're in his presence that, that we start turning some of our excuses into tasks lists. That whatever those objections that come up when we think about uh, 
you know, offering prayer to a friend or sharing our, our story about what Jesus has done for us to somebody at work or um, whatever it may be. Whatever the, the objections that come up in our heads when, when those things, when we think about those things, we stop letting them be uh, excuses or stop letting them be hindrances and start turning those things into task lists to overcome. Say, I can't share Jesus. I don't, I don't, I don't know that story. Like, I don't, I don't even know what I would say. I don't, I don't know how to explain to someone the gospel. Okay. That's a good, honest start, but then don't, don't let that continue to be a a, a hindrance. Go pursue. Okay. I need to, this is, this is overcomable. I, I need to learn how to share my faith. Let's, let's pursue that. We live in a wonderful age where there is, uh, literally to a fault. There's an abundance of information out there. There, there Anything you want to learn, you can learn. Um, and that's a part of being in community. It's, it's, it's owning those, those hindrances and then sharing that with somebody in our community, sharing it in your circle, sharing it until some, you find somebody that can help you overcome that thing. Don't let your excuses stay excuses. Turn them into a task list of things to overcome. That's the first thing. Second thing is, is to just um, see something. What do I mean by that? It's to start looking for opportunities to participate in being devoted to his purposes. It's getting our heads and our hearts up out of our own stuff long enough to notice somebody else's stuff. It's, and this isn't just a, this isn't just a why you're at work. This this is a community thing it too. It's it's coming to it's coming to small group or life group or or Sunday morning or or the Thanksgiving dinner with the mentality that I, not just I'm you know I don't just have my list of, of things I want to tell people because I want them to know me, but I have a list of of questions I want to ask to see how the other person is. It's when I'm at work I'm gonna. My, my, my first goal is going to be to listen and to hear and ask God to show me, highlight the person who needs encouragement today, the person who, who's struggling, the person who, who could use uh, an, an encouraging word or could use some prayer. See, we can't do anything until we see the opportunity to do it. And even if you know, gosh, I, there's no way I could... There's no way I could pray for somebody right now or offer prayer for someone at work or, uh, you know, my, my friend that doesn't know Jesus. I've never done that before. That's terrifying for me to think of. That's, that's okay. Keep working on it like we talked about. Um, but that doesn't mean we can't start looking for the opportunities. All right? You could start, even in your own, in your own heart and mind, in the conversation, you go, you, you know, just God, show me, show me in this, in this conversation, is there an opportunity? You'd be surprised if you, I promise you if, you, if you start praying this regularly as you go, go throughout your day, you'll be shocked at how much all of a sudden you start having ideas of, of moments where you're like, oh, that, that right there, that person, I could, I could have, I could have prayed for them. I could have, 
I could have said something there. I could have, oh, that person had a need. My, my church has a program that could have helped that. Oh, they, they, they were struggling with, gosh, I, I get off early today. I could have taken their kid to, to, to daycare for them. You'd be shocked at how often you, then you start seeing the opportunities. So we, we have to see something. And then the final one is, um, you, you know what the final step, the, the final most important step of, of, uh, of parachuting is, of skydiving? At some point, you just got to jump. <laughs> there's no, there's not some magical thing that's going to get me from here to out there other than to just use my muscles and let gravity take its course. Uh, there, there comes a point at which you, you can prepare all, all, you, all you want and that's good. And we have to get our heart right and we have to see things and all the things. But at some point, uh, you just got to risk it. You just got to go for it. And especially when we're trying something new, it's always going to feel like you're not ready. It's always going to feel like you don't have enough uh, knowledge or enough courage or enough whatever. It's just, uh, the third thing is you just got to go for it. You just got to go for it. And know that, that God's grace will, will be there. It'll be there. It, 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 it will, what's the worst that can, in 99.99% of situations, what's the worst that could happen? At least in our culture. It's not like, you know, we don't live in China. No one's coming to your house, right? To take you away if, if word gets out that, <laughs> that you love Jesus. Somebody might look at you weird. Or there might be a, you know, might be a little awkward at family dinner next week. Whatever. <laughs> but more often than not, you will be amazed at how God's grace just swoops in in that moment. And this, this thing that felt so scary and, and you could, all you could see was the 17 ways that, that it would, wouldn't make a difference or, or would go badly. And, uh, and all of a sudden, it, you find out, wow, God was so in that moment. Because God is, is quick to respond to our, our efforts to pursue him. When we, when we, you know, the, the, the New Testament talks so much about praying in his name and, and saying things in his name, you know. That's not literally just talking about using the phrase in Jesus' name. Do we understand that? that, that's, that it's good to do. It's important to do. But this isn't, this isn't voodoo. We're not... We're not we're not just um, creating these incantations. There's not some magic formula of say, say what you want, put in Jesus' name at the end of it, and if you really mean it, then it has to happen. That's not Christianity. That's voodoo. Quite literally. That's what an incantation is. When we talk about doing something in Jesus' name, we're talking about doing something in the character of Jesus that lines with his purposes for him, to him, and we understand we're doing it through him. 
That's what it means to say something in Jesus' name or to do something in Jesus' name. And when we do that, he shows up every time. Every time. Every time. I'm going to close this with a, with a word of prayer. And I uh, just encourage you, just in this moment, um, take a second to reflect. Are there areas of your life, uh, how devoted are you to his purposes? I just want to pray for us and ask that um, if you just join me in this prayer. That you, we would ask the Lord to spark something new in us this morning. Jesus, we, we, we thank you for your purposes, God. It's amazing to think that, that as we've read this morning, that you have these purposes for all of us, and they are, they are good for us. You are, the only, you are the only God, you are the only ruler that, that has on the top of his agenda purposes for his subjects that are actually good for his subjects. God, would you give us eyes to see and embrace that reality? Lord, we, we, we thank you for how, how much you love and the purposes that you've put in each, each and every one of us. God, I ask if there is, there is anyone here that, that, that's listening to this that is struggling with themselves, with, with self-worth, or believing that, that you have a plan for them, that, 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 that Psalms 139 would go deep into their heart and their soul, that they would feel and experience in, in a real way how how much uh, you value them as an individual. And God, we, we, we acknowledge that there are times where we apply that. Um, we apply that truth um, to certain people and, and less to others. Uh, there are people that we do not, we have not treated the way you would have us treat them, to think of them the way you would have us think of them, to believe about them the things that you say are true about them. Lord, we just, we, we repent right now of that. We, God, we say we're sorry. Change our hearts. Change our minds. Help us to see every, every, every soul with the eyes that you see them as full of value and potential. That someone that's worthy of our pursuit, worthy of our, our respect, worthy of our... Pursuing, uh, pursuing them for the sake of your kingdom... God, that there's, there is nobody on this face of this earth that is completely outside of your reach. There is no one past redemption. There is no one past being used by you. And God, we, we ask that you would stir in our hearts this morning uh, a new focus, a new drive, a new desire to be devoted to your purposes. That, 
God, would you convict us of those areas or those times where we, we just are, are just very just selfish in our, in our spirituality. God, where we, where we allow it to just become all about me. God, we, we want to be like you and you were focused on everybody but you. God, would you stir up in us a heart to be devoted to your purposes, God, would you, would you show us the areas and the, the pursuits that, that we should engage in to become uh, well-equipped to minister your gospel, to bring your kingdom to the people that we come in contact with day in, day out? God, that we would begin to be honest with each other about areas that we're struggling in, that, that we would begin to... to form relationships with each other that, as your word said, spurs us on to good works, that we would, like iron sharpening iron, train each other, encourage each other, equip each other to be, to be ministers of your gospel, to be not just the called, but the chosen. God, that we would, we would, we would be like the prophet Isaiah and just offer ourselves, say, here am I, Lord. Send me. Send me. Because you're worthy. You're worthy of, uh, of everything that we could give and a thousand times more. We pray all these things in your mighty name. Amen. 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 God bless. We'll see you next week.